great meet Cody's mom. Hey, Smarties. Hope you enjoyed Elliot saying hello. Today and for the next two weeks, we are discussing the way parenting and educational therapy intersect. For the next three episodes, we are chatting about some of the more uncomfortable parts of parenting and how it impacts the work that we do as educational therapists. In this episode, we discuss why it is important to learn to be okay with learners failing forward. For the next two weeks, we're going to discuss why it is important to model failure effectively and how to model failure, as well as how specificity and praise can be a total game changer in your house. If you are interested in in working with us in our practices, feel free to go ahead and sign up for a phone call. We love getting to talk to our Smarties. So to sign up for Steph's practice, which does all the things, you can go to www.myedtherapist.com. And to sign up for my practice, which focuses on learners fifth grade through adulthood who are struggling with executive functioning skills challenges, you can go to www.capedtherapist.com therapy.com that's k-a-p-p ed therapy.com let's dig in you want to learn faster but sometimes working harder is just not the answer you have to learn smarter the educational therapy podcast Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 293 of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And we're back at it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. This is our first episode that we're recording of 2024. So we aren't as ahead as we typically are, right, Steph? <laughs> we're not ahead at all. <laughs> but I was sick. Yes. And there was a lot of things going on. So we actually took a little two-week break, maybe a week and a half. Yeah, maybe. Maybe a little bit more. I don't know. But we're back at it. Mm-hmm. Steph, what did you watch? Married at First Sight Australia. That's what I was watching. Oh, I still haven't watched this last season. Have you been watching my Instagram, my personal Instagram stuff? No. Have you seen the videos that I've been posting of me and Adam? I've seen one or two of them, but not in any continuity. Okay, so this is what happened. What happened was, I think we've talked about it on the podcast. I went deep on Vanderpump Rules. Yes, you did. Yes. And Adam went from being like, oh, Rachel, to completely engrossed. Are we going to watch another episode tonight? Like, that was the trajectory, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. And of course, we're waiting for the new season, but he's considering going back. We'll find some like best of episodes of Vanderpump Rules, yeah. watch those. But anyway, you and some other friends had told me to start Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Uh, no, not me. I haven't watched that one. Who told me that? I don't know. It wasn't me. Anyway, now I can't watch it without him. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny to watch because, you know, we're normal. And so we're watching a TV show, but we're also both on our phones at night, right? Yeah. I had a 26-day streak going on mm-hmm. Candy Crush. I had so many gold bars. And I lost them over New Year's. But whatever. It's okay. I didn't lose all my gold bars. It's just my streak ended. And that's a really specific reference for people who play Candy Crush. They'll know what I mean. Not me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So we've been watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because one of the Real Housewives gets in the middle of an episode, the FBI storms, and they're coming after one of them. Oh. They're going after her for like wire fraud and saying she defrauded old and vulnerable populations. And so we're just watching all of this sort of play out in this episode and over the seasons. Now Adam is completely 
into it. It's really fun. Mm. So he sits there and he's not on his phone. Oh, he's just completely watching. (laughs) Okay. So what's the Instagram stories? Oh, so we have an Instagram series that we've done mostly on Adam's Instagram. We call it Hey America. Do you remember when we used to do Hey America's? Yeah. So now we're doing Hey America's family style. Uh Uh-huh. Where I'm like doing a deep dive on Adam processing it as we're watching. Oh, I see. So he's processing it in real time and we're sharing our journey on social media. So... I'm disappointed you haven't seen it because I do believe I've tagged you in some stuff. That's probably the one that I saw. Well, why aren't you always making sure to watch my stories? Because if it comes up, I see it. If it doesn't come up in the thing, I don't, I don't know. I should be one of your favorites. I probably haven't put any favorites. I don't know. Okay. All right. Anyway. (laughs) That's how often I post on social media. You really don't. No, I don't. You post on the business one, but you're really not on your personal but no i don't think i've posted since 2022 so there's that you didn't post at all last year no see i like it not for other people i like it because it's fun for me to look back yeah i get it anyway let's dig into this idea of being uncomfortable yeah okay so this is really hard And, you know, it's hard for everybody. It's hard for you as parents. It's hard for the kid, especially if this is something that you, as a parent, have tried to avoid for your child in the past. Being uncomfortable. And letting them be uncomfortable. And being uncomfortable and being okay with it is a skill. And nobody likes it. I mean, I don't like being uncomfortable. So... I want to take it from an example of what you have experienced as a parent. So we're not at a point yet where it's uncomfortable for Elliot, but we have had moments where I feel uncomfortable. It's very interesting parenting and being an educational therapist and then also having the background of being a preschool teacher. So it is very interesting sort of having all three identities happening at the same time. There have been moments, particularly in Elliot's transition into preschool, that have been extremely uncomfortable. I'm up at night. I'm doing things like that I said I never would, including like texting the teacher way too late about how I'm feeling, (laughs) really sort of perseverating on these things that in the grand scheme of things are not a big deal, but I don't feel at peace and settled with it. It's very, very challenging to sort of rein yourself in and also talk yourself down. So I have like these triple identities, a former preschool teacher, plus a therapist, plus parent. So sometimes I am able to speak to myself the way I would speak to a client, but it is when you are in the height of those emotions, it is very difficult to be reasoned with. Listen, anytime a person is uncomfortable, it's challenging to reason with yourself of it'll be okay. You will get through this. Right. I think the biggest part of this is acknowledging it, right? That's like the first thing. I have felt uncomfortable and I have felt like wanting to protect and not make them feel uncomfortable. Though I have had those experiences, of course, they're not the same, but I do understand. And it is really important that first you can acknowledge, right? What are you feeling in the moment? But then also understanding how important it is to, yes, for failure and uncomfortableness to help learn productive struggle. And that's where 
so much learning takes place in the productive struggle, right? It's not about what you've been able to accomplish. It's what you did leading up to the accomplishment that's important. This is where we really want to sort of be able to have compassion for ourselves as parents, because one thing that has surprised me is the intensity of the feeling that has surprised me. But it's also, if you can have that separation of like, okay, I'm heightened right now. What do I need to do to de-escalate that? But also knowing that things evolve. What's a problem right now is not going to be a problem in two weeks or a month. And at least with the age of my child now, my children now. Yep, it's true. Let's talk about some ways we can manage those feelings. And the first is by just deciding that there are going to be moments when we're uncomfortable and acknowledging that and making a plan for that. And keeping in your mind that if you're uncomfortable, yes, your child is uncomfortable, but you want to teach them how to be uncomfortable, right? And even if you didn't learn it yourself, that's a goal for your child, right? To learn how to deal with those feelings because you're not going to be able to protect and avoid all of those feelings for their whole life. It's not possible and nor do you want that, you know, that you want the well-rounded child that can experience things and recover, right? This is all about teaching them how to hold themselves up. And one day they'll become parents and they're going to have to deal with the uncomfortableness. You want to set that up, right? So, Making sure that you manage those uncomfortable feelings and acknowledge them and say, it's okay to have those feelings around being uncomfortable, but you will get through this. So when a child is uncomfortable, for instance, about taking a test because they didn't study enough or they're going to fail or whatever reason they've come up with, and then they don't want to go to school, then that just delays the uncomfortableness and intensifies it. Sometimes you might need to stay home and that's okay. But also, that is not the problem-solving idea that fixes everything, right? So, like, you don't want that to become the crutch. And so, I think the other important thing about managing the goals is limiting your worries of more than three months from now. That's always sort of our default rule, right? What if my kid can't go to college? My kid isn't going to be able to have a job and live on their own and whatnot. And you're talking, you know, your child, as an example, is 11. We don't want to be sitting there worrying about college. That's so far down the road and so many things change, right? There's so much growing that has to happen. And even with you have a junior that is going to potentially go to college, you know, in a year from now... Maybe they're not going away to college. Maybe they're staying home and doing community college or taking a gap year, as we have discussed. So it might not look the way that you think, but I don't know about you, but I'm sure it's very similar. I often hear the, how is my kid going to dot, dot, dot. That's one of the beautiful things of educational therapy is let's refocus on right now. Have a clear, specific, defined reasonable, time-sensitive goal. Yep. Re-establish goals that are appropriate and talk about when you or your child is feeling uncomfortable, how you manage that and what are some self-regulating tips that work for you. 
I mean, Rach, you and I have talked about some of the things that we know that help us regulate when we're feeling anxious or have a lot of emotions. So you and I have talked about ways that when we're feeling comfortable about regulating our nervous system and checking in with your body, so to speak, and how to feel better. So, you know, I think the most important takeaway is acknowledge that you're uncomfortable, acknowledge that your child might be uncomfortable, and that's okay. Smarties, next week, we are going to dig more into this idea of how to manage those uncomfortable feelings by talking more about failure. And then the following week, we're going to be rounding out these sort of trio of episodes by talking about how and when and why to be specific in the praise that we are offering ourselves and offering the learners around us, whether it's your partner or your child or other relationships that you might have. Yeah. Yeah. So let's have Elliot say, have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week, Smarties. Bye, everyone. Bye.